Hello, listeners. Today I'm coming to you with a subject that is very personal for me. It has to do with growing up with parents with drug abuse or alcohol abuse. Now, I've never publicly talked about this. I have told maybe a handful of people about my specific situation, but I've never told a mass of people. And I found that along the way, talking about it is basically a way to help heal. So for years, I kept this to myself because I was embarrassed. It's something that I wanted to sweep under the rug. I didn't want to talk about it. I still get emotional at times when I talk about this issue and sometimes I don't. But I found that talking about it is very therapeutic and this is my way of just getting it all out there. And um, I've also realized that another way of healing is talking to the abuser or the person that hurt you or inflicted some kind of PTSD or whatever from your childhood. Speaking to them, oftentimes they're in denial themselves. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to talk about it. In which that is my situation. And that's fine. In in the beginning when I wanted to speak to my mother, um, we were actually trying to build a relationship. So I thought I could go to her and talk to her and trying to get a little closure on that end but I pretty much just got the same response I've always gotten is I don't want to talk about it that's in the past just completely dismissive like my feelings don't even matter and now that I've gotten a little older and I have my own children I've realized a lot like you know I don't even need the closure from her I can just work on it myself and in time maybe she'll come to me maybe not but even if she doesn't I'm still fine so let's get into a little bit of facts about children growing up with parents that are addicted to drugs or alcohol Did you know that 18 million people have abused some kind of prescription drug at least once in their lives? 0.5% of 8th graders have used heroin in their lifetime. 30% of marijuana users are in danger of developing a disorder of drug abuse. 7.5 million people aged 15 to 34 have used cocaine at least once. 
According to the National Center of Substance Abuse and Child Welfare in the year 2020, in the U.S., one in eight children aged 17 or younger are living in a household with at least one parent with a substance abuse disorder. All of the 8.7 million children will not experience abuse or neglect, but they're still at risk of some kind of maltreatment or child welfare getting involved at some point. Currently, there are 30 million Americans that struggle with either drug issues or alcoholism. Fatalities such as traffic accidents, overdosing, takes some kind of control of their lives every year. And of course, the children are the ones that suffer the most because the parents are being very selfish and they're not concerned about the child's feelings, their welfare, or anything. Some of these things can affect the children and according to society, they'll grow up and develop a drug or alcohol issue as well. To name a few of these things that some of the children have to go through when they live with parents with these issues are sexual abuse or feeling uncomfortable around their parents, violence, verbal abuse, constantly leaving the child at home alone, or just being neglected in general, being ignored. I remember when I was five years old. Yeah, it started when I was five. My mother used to leave me at home for days at a time alone. And she had me so afraid to tell anyone that, of course, I didn't. And she threatened me and told me if I answered the phone or opened the door that she would whoop me. She would do something to me when she got home. So... Um, I remember on a few occasions, my grandmother came to the house and she knocked on the door. And of course, I couldn't answer because I was afraid of what my mother might do. But yeah, she would leave me at five years old for days by myself. Some of those times um, I didn't have lights Some of those times I didn't have water and some of those times I did not have food at home. And I was five, but I don't know. I must have had an old soul or something because I was smart enough to know to get myself up in the mornings and get dressed for school because the school was right around the corner. Like I had to walk at five years old. I had to walk every day around the corner to go to school. And I didn't know much about doing my hair. So my hair was messed up, but <laughs> I, I had sense enough to 
get up and get dressed every day and go to school. And some of those days when I went to school and I ate breakfast and lunch, that was actually my only time being able to eat that day because my mom was nowhere to be found. And I also remember, I think I was about six years old at this time. Um, one of the school officials, I do not remember who it was, but uh, they called me to the office and they called my grandmother and she had to come to the school to pick me up because I was young and doing what I could as far as getting myself dressed and looking decent and smelling decent for school but you know that's kind of hard to do if you don't have water or the necessities that you need so sometimes I didn't smell too hot so yeah they had to call my grandmother to come pick me up and rest her soul we talked about this um, several times and yeah that was um, that was an awful time because she had no idea of the type of neglect or abuse that I suffered actually no one did because I was threatened not to tell anyone and I would say for years when I was younger I was upset and mad and I held a grudge against my family because I felt like somebody should have paid enough attention to me to know that something wasn't right or something was going on in that house. I felt like nobody really fought for me and I had to go through that stuff. I mean, I have stories on top of stories, on top of stories, on top of stories. And I could probably write a book about these stories. Um, yeah, and for years, I was very embarrassed to mention these things because I felt like it was my fault or I felt like people would judge me. But as I've gotten older, I realized that it is not my fault. It's never the fault of the child because, of course, the child doesn't get to choose the parent. The child doesn't get to choose the situation they come into. And... It would be nice if we could choose our families, <laughs> but yeah, we don't get to choose. So, um, I remember, um, when I was seven years old, 
I walked to school like I did every day and I came home from school and my mother was packing and her boyfriend was there helping her pack so I walked up there and I was like are we moving like what's going on so she told me that she was moving to another city to get a better job and to save money and then she would come back and get me and she packed up my little bag took me to my grandmother's house and dropped me off and left me on the step I was seven years old so out of the few people that I have told about these stories, they ask, how in the world do you remember all this? I remembered all of, all of these things because they hurt. These things made me cry and I went into a very, very deep depression at a young age because of those things that happened to me and when she left when I was seven I my grandmother took me to a therapist because I completely just shut down and stopped talking to people and I, I was hurt fast forward to the age of 13, 14 years old, that's when I saw my mother again. So there was a six, seven year gap in between the time I saw her. And then when I saw her, she was incarcerated. So I went to visit her in jail. Then there were more years in between the next time I got a chance to see her and when I saw her again she was incarcerated again <laughs> so it's like been a long cycle of me dealing with a parent that was addicted to drugs and she loved the drugs so much that she chose those drugs over me and my brother Later on, she went on to have a few other children. She had another girl, which is my sister. We didn't see each other for years, like 10, 12, 13 years. And then we found each other um, via Facebook. <laughs> and my brother that she had passed away because he was so full of the drugs that she was on that he didn't make it past 10 days then I had another brother that is lost in the system um, she would never tell us where he was she just said he was adopted I don't know because when I called the hospital and gave them his name and his date of birth, they told me that I couldn't get any information and that she would have to do it 
So I mentioned it to her so that she could call and find out who adopted him or where he was. And she went off on me. So living a life dealing with a drug addicted mother has been very hard however I managed to defy society because according to society I was supposed to be a product of my environment and do as my mother did and I'm not my mother as a matter of fact I promised myself that I would never be like my mother. I would never do the things she she did or does now. I would never do it. So I'm not addicted to drugs, nor have I ever been. I'm not an alcoholic, nor have I ever been. I am in school. I'm working on a degree and looking forward to working on more degrees. I had a late start in life, but I still went back and and did it. And I did it without her. I actually did it without any of my family, if I'm completely honest. I feel like In a way, I have a point to prove. Um, I I really don't have to prove anything to anyone. However, to those family members that didn't deal with me because of my mother and the type of person she is, I feel like I'm supposed to be successful. I'm supposed to do all the things that people said that I wouldn't be able to do. Because even if they didn't say it to themselves, they treated me like I was an outcast. And I'm sure it has a lot to do with my mother and who she is. But I am not my mother. I'm not my mother's mistakes. My children tell me all the time that I am the best mother in the world. I have grandchildren. And I'm nothing like my mother. Actually, I'm the complete opposite. So that is my point that I'm going to prove that I would never be like her and that I still would be successful no matter how long it takes. I'm not going to give up. So there is this number that I'm going to put out here. If 
you know anyone that is addicted to drugs or alcohol, if you know of any children that may be going through what I described today, if you have a feeling that the kids are going through what I described today, don't be afraid to step up. Don't be afraid to go knock on the door and look in the window, twist the doorknob. If you go too many times and don't get an answer, get in touch with the landlord. Get somebody to work with you and let you in because had someone give, gave enough care about me, I wouldn't have had to go through what I went through. Because it's not the child's fault. You never know. The child might be afraid to speak up and say anything. Maybe someone threatening that child. You, you never know. Just get involved. This is a number that you can call. Um, they're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The number is 1-888-821-7750. That is 1-888-821-7750. Don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to check on your family. Especially if you know that this person is abusing drugs or alcohol and they have small kids do your part and try to get involved and on that note I'm going to end this episode today I hope you enjoyed it um, hope I didn't keep you too long if there's any content you would like for me to cover you can email me um, at K-I-M-I-J-O-774 at gmail.com. You can hit that message button. You can message me, leave a message for me, and I'll get back with you. And let's make a difference, okay? All right. Love you all. Also, if you're thinking about doing Anchor, you can download that Anchor app. That is A-N-C-H-O-R. FM and get started today.